God in culture. Sasa wakati huu tunamwandika mchungaji Eli anene nasi kuhusu uenzi wake Mungu katika Good morning. Habari asubuhi. We are here for a final push of our conference and uh, just to um, reiterate how grateful I am to Jeff Bees and uh, Mercy Baptist Church here. Tukawapa kwa mkondo wetu wa mwisho wa kongamano na jinsi ninavyowataka kusema jinsi niko na shukrani juu ya Jeff Bees na watu wa Mercy wote for the great opportunity and privilege to be part of this conference especially to speak the word of god to you with you kwa nafasi njema ambayo nimepatiwa ili nikapate kuwa nanyi hapa hasa sana kuongea neno la bwana pamoja nanyi i have rejoiced over the work of god that goes on here nimefurahia kasi ya bwana ambayo inaendelea hapa wonderful wonderful it makes the heart glad ni ajabu sana inafanya moyo kufurahi And uh, Jeff and your wife Stephanie we are blessed that you're amongst us. Thank you so much. Really really blessed that you here. Now um, and, um, the subject that I'm going to deal with now is one that has taxed my mind in every way possible because it is uh, i think a very difficult subject to be dealing with and when i turned to my co speaker he said he's very happy he's not dealing with this one <laughs> uh, the sovereignty of god in culture thank you that's good By the way I'm appreciating my brother here for excellent interpretation. Thank you Jeff. Asante. Um, I think being with me for a while he's been able to anticipate my thought process I think. That's part of it and thank you as well brother for great work that you guys are doing here. Um, before we open up this shall we look at Mark chapter 7 please. Kabla tufungue hapa tufungue katika Mariko mlango wa 7. And as you turn to Mark chapter 7 Once again may I declare my structure to you now And there will be four parts to this presentation In the first part of a presentation I'm going to make some preliminary comments Ya kwanza nitaenda kueleza maelezo kadhaa And then after doing that I will engage in uh, the definition of what we should understand by the word culture as it relates to our present context. I understood from the late Dr. Arsis Prowl that it is always the duty and the prerogative of a teacher to be involved with what Arsis Prol called definitions and distinctions ah nimekuundua kutoka mwalimu Arsis Prol kwamba ni majukumu ya mhubiri ama mwalimu kuelezea 
kufafanua mm. na kuleta utofauti that's correct ya kila kitu that's correct um otherwise we end up speaking at cross purposes wakati mwingine tutamaliza tukipara kwamba tunachanganya vitu pamoja makusudi yanachanganyika so in order to bring us all to the same page we need to make some definition so we'll do we'll do that we'll do in the third place i'm going to attempt to list uh, what i'm calling the expressions or types of culture anaenda kuhesabu ile ambayo inaita mifano ya udamaduni um limitations of that which we call culture mwisho ama hatima zile tunaita kwamba no limitations mapungufu mapungufu ya yale ambayo kwamba udamaduni and regulations to culture for a christian na ile maelekezo yanayostahili kuelekeza hizo udamaduni so really the message is in uh, that third section right kwa hivyo ujumbe kamili katika sehemu ya tatu um the expressions limitations and regulations to culture ah ile vivuli ama maelezo yanayoonyesha hizo vitu na jinsi hizo vitu zinavyoonekana i have them here actually madhihirisho mapungufu maelekezi ya tamaduni oh madhihirisho mapungufu na maelekezi ya tamaduni thank you i knew you'll struggle with that so And then in the fourth place then you see Josh this is the advantage I have I'm, I'm able to know what he's talking about <laughs> Poor you man <laughs> If it appears the wrong one you don't know <laughs> Then in the fourth place then we're going to deal with our responses then to culture That's right. How are we to respond then? Are we together there then? Excellent. Super. Now, now Mark chapter 7 then. And I'm going to read verse 1 all the way to verse 14. Actually to verse 13, not 14. Um Mark chapter 7 verse 1 to verse 13. Mariko 7 mstari wa 20 kwanza hadi 13. Mstari wa kwanza hadi wa 13. The Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered around him when they had come from Jerusalem and had seen that some of his disciples were eating their bread with impure hands that is unwashed. Verse 3 For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands thus observing the traditions of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves and there are many other things which they have received in order to observe such as the washing of cups and pitchers and copper pots the Pharisees and the scribes asked him verse 5 What why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders but eat their bread with impure hands and he said to them rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written this people honors me with their lips but their heart is far away from me verse 7 
but in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men, neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. He was also saying to them, you are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, whatever I have, whatever I have that would help you is Coban, brackets, that is to say, given to God, close brackets, you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition which you have handed down and you do many such things. Now then, um, this is the Lord speaking. And like I said earlier on, it is a very tricky subject. But I am mighty glad that our brother did include this in the menu that we are to uh, dispense to the people of God uh, the, to, during this conference. And I'm glad because I think Jeff understands and appreciates that um, in the particular context of our society, culture is very big. In fact, one could make the claim that sometimes it is very difficult to distinguish between the expression, uh, rather the authentic expression of the Christian faith from the culture that dominates our lives as Africans and Kenyans particularly and Western Kenyans particularly. So the Christianity that has been born in our land is a mishmash, a mixture of Bible principles and traditional culture. See what I'm saying there? Um, so what we have is really a syncretic religion. That's what we would call it. A syncretic religion. A mixture of African culture and the Bible principles. Uh, you know, we still go to reburial, for example. You, you, you so this is a very relevant uh, subject to deal with in our society here. And I'm thanking my brother and the whole Massey ministry for having the spiritual sense to include this in our menu. Not only from a traditional point of view, because as I should show you, in terms of expressions of culture, we have that which is now called popular culture. 
sio tu katika mtazamo wa ile aidikati ya kidunidamaduni bali ni udamaduni pia ambao huko wa kisasa you know today's popular music saisi kuna muziki ambao iko kila mahali language lugha dress codes you find uh, that it is something that many christians are trying to emulate to kind of inculcate to bring in to our expression of the faith and therefore again away from the traditional culture even popular culture has created some kind of a syncretic expression of the faith once and for all time deliver to the saints. Unapata ni jambo ambalo watu ama ile haudamaduni na watu wenyewe wanajaribu kuleta katika dini ili kwamba hata kana na hiyo ili mambo ambayo yametabaka sana ya udamaduni imeanza kuonekana kila mahali. What I'm trying to say is this subject is very relevant. That's what I'm admitting a second thing by way of preliminary comments. Na pia nakubali kitu kingine katika njia ya maelezo machache. And it is the difficult <laughs> the challenging aspect of this subject. Na ni katika ugumu ile changamoto iliyo ndani ya hii fundisho. And uh, the challenge comes from the dynamic nature of culture. Na hii changamoto tunakuja katika ile asili inayoonekana ndani ya hiyo asili yake ya changing ili, nature ili, of culture ile mabadiliko ya asili yake yenyewe uh, as i should tell you you will find that uh, in many countries there would be actually let's talk about different continents will have different cultures tunaona kwamba katika area tofauti kuna ile tunasema asili tofauti ama udamaduni tofauti narrow down that to national nationalities there are different cultures within nations and i think jeff can speak very competently on this having come from a very different culture and now working in this culture here ana tutoyo kama bara tukuje kwa taifa sasa ambalo sasa hivi tunaweza kuuliza jeff anaelewa kwamba kwenye ametoka na kwenye amekuja kila utamaduni uko tofauti but even within kenya here hata hapa Kenya pia among different tribes katikati ya kabila fulani fulani there are different cultures kuna udamaduni tofauti tofauti go further down enda chini kabisa even among the luyers which hata, is the tribe in this region hata katikati ya kabila tu moja ambayo ni waluya wa area hii you go the tirikis kuna watiriki and the dahos Dao, and the bukusus and the marama, marama and the wangas wanga. and all of them have nuances within their cultures so it becomes very difficult to aim one bullet and say you have dealt with the matter of culture because it is dynamic and fluid in, in different places inakuja kuwa changamoto kusema kwamba unaweza tumia bunduki moja ama risasi moja kusema kama nimemalizana na udamaduni kwa sababu ni kubwa so we are careful the way we approach this subject kwa hivyo ni lazima tuwe makini zile tutakapoelekeza hii ujumbe and that was my struggle na hiyo nilikuwa mababana yangu all right but i'm admitting a third thing as well in the way of preliminary comments pia nakubali jambo la tatu the fact that the bible The scriptures sababu kwamba maandiko do not pronounce themselves 
in a thus saith the Lord manner with regard to many aspects of culture. Haitamki yenyewe kiwaziwazi kwamba Mungu anasema hivi kuhusu utamaduni na utamaduni zingine pale. I need you to understand what I just said there. Nataka uelewe chini nimesema. I am not saying the Bible does not have a teaching on culture otherwise we would not be preaching now. But I'm saying that in many places and in many areas the teaching of the Bible is not overt. katika area mingi na katika shughuli mingi na kwa mambo mengi Biblia haijaelezea kiwazi. So that as we approach culture ili kwamba tunapokutana na utamaduni and how to deal with it na jinsi ya kuhusika nayo we are dependent to a very large extent kwamba tumetemekemea kwa upana sana na I'm using my words very carefully here tumia maneno yangu kimakini sana we are dependent to a very large extent tunategemea kwa upana sana on that hermeneutic principle that we often refer to as the good and necessary consequence I'll explain that in a moment. Kwa ile elezeo la tafsiri ya maandiko ambayo inasema kwamba kuna mazuri yanayotokea katika mahali kwa mstari fulani. Now what we mean by good and necessary consequence? Masuri na ya muhimu tunamaanisha namna hii. Is that sometimes the Bible hasn't spoken clearly ni kwamba Biblia haijatafsiri kiwazi katika akili zetu on a subject kwa kwa fundisho fulani but by going to several places in the Bible we begin to understand some broad principles lakini kuenda katika sehemu kadhaa ya maandiko tunaanza kuelewa mambo makubwa sana principles which we can bring to the subject at hand in order to establish the mind of God on that kanuni ambayo tunaweza kuleta ndani ya maandiko na tuangalie saa hiyo ambayo tunaweza kuongea juu ya kitu fulani ambacho tunaongea juu yake so you see that it is difficult unaona hiyo ni ngumu right it is difficult ni ngumu pia but we must do what we must do lakini lazima tufanye kile ambacho tunastahili kufanya now in mark chapter 7 katika mariko mlango wa saba the story here is a classic example of the burden of my message today. And the burden of my message is that we have cultures and traditions na mzigo wa ujumbe wangu leo ni kwamba kunao udamaduni na itikati which in fact conflict with the word of god ambayo inapingana na neno la mwenyezi mungu we have cultures and traditions kunayo udamaduni na idikati which stand in the way of expression of our faith in the world ambayo inasimama kuanzia ambayo tunapoanza kutoa imani yetu kwa ulimwengu huu imezuia those are the big ideas there that i would want you to see hiyo ndio mambo mazito ambayo na makubwa ambayo nataka uone pale that culture kwamba udamaduni however positive or negative hata iwe nzuri ama mbaya might nullify the word of god inaweza kutoa neno la bwana But secondly, lapili, it may stand in the way of our expression of Christianity, our service to God, our service to humanity. Inasimama mbele yetu ama katikati yetu na utumishi wetu kwa Mungu na utumishi wetu kwa wanadamu. And so there is this uh, problem that uh, the Pharisees 
have seen the disciples of Jesus they are eating without washing their hands this becomes such a huge uh, a huge problem Right now there is a problem with masks and, and things like that. Should you wear masks? Wear masks. Some Christians feel if you don't wear masks, you are not doing this. And the others are saying we don't want to wear masks. And so this becomes a big issue. Especially the West, actually, this is a big debate. The mask mandate and the lack of it. <laughs> so you have a similar situation in Mark chapter 7. The predominant culture, which is really a ritualistic culture, as I will tell you. Matambiko. Matambiko. <laughs> As this idea that people have to wash their hands. Otherwise you are unclean. And so when they see the disciples of the Lord eating without washing hands, they cause a furor. Why is it that your disciples are not eating with washed hands? Why are you not following tradition? And Jesus begins to point out to them why that which may have been positive at the beginning has turned out to be a snare for them. And Jesus begins to explain to them. You are holding on to these cultures too strongly to the extent that now in fact you are defeating the word of God and you are defeating the work of God. And he gives them an example, for example. If a son has dedicated something to God, that which they call Koban, that is something dedicated to God, is holy unto God. Alright? But there is a need that is there with a parent, a father, for example. Let's give a, 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 an example that is not there, but illustrates the point. Maybe your father is unwell. Your child needs to go to school. <laughs> All right? And the pastor insists that anything that you find as an income anything you must bring 10% I went to my brother Kevin to borrow 100,000 so I can pay for my son's college. The pastor insists that I must take 10,000 out of the 100,000 and give it to him or to the church. That's what the Lord is talking about here. 
There is a tradition that you want to hold on to. But you see there is a commandment. And Jesus appeals to that commandment in this text. Honor your father and mother. So my father my mother is in problem. Don't tie me down to a ritualistic thing. Because the word of God commands me to honor my father and mother. So there it is. You nullify the word of God by tradition. That commandment. But number two, you hinder the service of God in helping somebody in need. Another example. You see, the Pharisees were very strange people. <laughs> and there's a lot of Phariseeism in the church today. We hold on to things and really preach them as if they are the... <laughs> In Matthew 23, verse 23, Jesus accuses them. He says to the new people, you really go for those little things of the law, the little, little things of the law. Yet you forget that which is big, that which is important. One time Jesus heals somebody on the Sabbath. Oh, the Jews came up in arms. I'm telling you, they were livid. The smoke was coming out of the ears. They will kill him. How dare you heal on the Sabbath? Hmm. The tradition says you cannot do this. And Jesus says, you missed the point again. By sticking to that tradition, you're missing the point. Man was not made for Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for the man. So that is the whole discussion you have in Mark chapter 7. How culture then can be detrimental to our service to God. But I must go forward. And try and define culture. Now, I, I, I read uh, the Oxford Online Dictionary on this matter. And it gives us this definition. It says it's the arts, the arts, the arts, arts, not acts. Oh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. And manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. It is the arts 
and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. It continues to explain that. Another way of looking at culture according to Oxford Dictionary. It is the ideas customs and social behavior of a particular people or society. So for example, you have the African culture. Mm, the European culture. And so on and so forth. Right? So where we are talking about our intellectual achievements. Our behaviors. The rules and the customs that govern our relationships with one another. At that time we are talking about culture. And that is what I want us to understand by the word culture as I'm talking about. But I'll go forward and make a distinction between two broad cultures. Two broad cultures. In the final analysis, when we distill the matter to the least common denominator, when you go to the very basic, culture can be described or rather can be divided in two categories. Category number one, Biblical or godly culture. Biblical or godly culture. And this is the kind of culture that we were intended to have from the beginning. It is a culture that is controlled by God it derives from God it serves God it goes back to God it's a godly culture it responds to the will of God it is obedient to what God wants. It's a holy culture. Now when God creates Adam and Eve, they have a godly culture. In the words of Mr. Von Roberts in the book God's Big Picture, he speaks of Adam and Eve being under the kingdom of 
God. Under the dominion of God. And von Robert describes that kingdom as comprising of four elements. Element number one. They are God's people. They have a relationship with him. They are his creation. And he is their benefactor. He loads them with benefits. They render him obedience and worship. They are God's people. Constituent element number two. They are in God's place. The Garden of Eden in general, but in particular east of the Garden of Eden. God's people, number one. Number two, they are in God's place. Number three, they are under God's rule. This is the kingdom of God. God says of all the trees and of all the fruits you may eat except this. There is a prohibition. There is an injunction. And Adam and Eve continue to live in obedience. But constituent element number four, according to Von Roberts, is that as they are God's people in God's place under God's rule, number four, they are enjoying God's blessings. This is what you might describe as utopia. The best life. Okay. <laughs> the best possible life. It cannot go higher than this. When Jesus comes back and everything is restored. John in the book of Revelation 22 tells us we've gone back to Eden. One more time we are God's people. Under God's rule. In God's place. Enjoying God's blessing forever. This is the culture of the Bible. The godly culture. Ladies and gentlemen, you know that it didn't last long, do you? Don't you? In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sins before God by disobeying the commandment of God. So they are no longer under God's rule. They are no longer God's people. In chapter 3, verse 23, 24, they are chased out of Eden. They are no longer in God's place. Chapter 3, verse 15, all the way to 19, the slew of castes that come, they are no longer enjoying God's blessings. The kingdom of God is perished. 
umebaribika on planet earth katika ulimwengu thank god there will be a promise of salvation as our brother said so you see there is this biblical culture it is perfect it is what god has always intended no conflict no black lives matter <laughs> no odm no uda no ruto no raila no throwing stones <laughs> no burning buildings and the culture of god when a godly culture prevails in the land and so the christian yearns for the day when god will restore culture that is the first kind of culture we talking about but the second category we could talk about is what then we are calling the human culture human culture and this begins immediately after the fall that is where the oxford dictionary describes it as the arts and manifestations of human intellectual achievement or ideas and customs of social behavior of a particular people this human culture has murder in it lying fornication adultery jealousy hatred jealousy hatred strife and competition you know it's it's just the way of the world isn't it we strive with one another. We fight with one another. We're trying to preserve ourselves. Preserve our ideas. Preserve our race. Preserve our tribes. It is the thing that defines us now. It is human culture. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 29 It says God created man upright but man has devised his own ways as it relates to salvation and the question of sin Isaiah cries out in chapter 53 and verse 6 we have all turned each man to his own way turned each man to his own way And so as we think about the things that are happening in the world today. We do know on the one hand that Jehovah is in control still. <laughs> This is the thing. This is the thing. 
that ultimately even this that has gone terribly wrong Jehovah is still in charge and is shepherding it towards his great purposes we can cry about culture we can decry how fallen it is but ultimately the true Christian who understands the Bible by means of the doctrine of concurrence remember we talked about yesterday God will cause all these things to agree with his final purpose on earth Nevertheless, even within that comfort of God's sovereignty, we join our Lord and Savior Jesus in Matthew 19 verse 8 when he says it was not so from the beginning. It was not so from the beginning. Culture has changed. Man has devices on ways. Now, there are different expressions of culture, human culture now. You've got those cultures which we could describe as intellectual culture. Science, social development, philosophies and theories, intellectual culture, the way our minds have developed and the ideas we have collected along the way. Right now everybody is living, for example, in the light of the reality I put those in quotes of uh, the theory of evolution, for example. Mm. That's somehow we've evolved from lesser forms of life and we're developing and going forward. Our children learned that in school, aren't they? It's terrible. Oh, there was this monkey, you know, there was this flagelly, and then a reptile, and then a monkey, and then, and then you. <laughs> so they are, they are telling us, if you see a monkey, you're seeing your cousin. Hosa, it's ridiculous. Intellectual. It's become a religion by itself. Really? But then there are those that we might describe loosely as social culture. You've got to be careful because these are not altogether negative. There is some positives there. The relationships between family members, for example. Uh, sometimes I say, do not throw the baby with the bathwater. I struggled at some point to understand some of the Luo cultural traditions. And I hope I don't make this much of a social discussion. Okay. For example, the Luo's had it back in the day 
That if I was walking along a road and my mother-in-law is coming towards me when we get to face each other I must never address her directly speaking to her directly. I will turn this way so that she's looking at my side. <laughs> and I didn't understand that for a long time. Then I began to investigate it. And I thought, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yes, it is. What they were saying, you see, back in the day, long, long time, dressing was not as good as it is today. In fact, they used to say, among the laws, they would make skin a piece of skin for the men it was only one that covered the front part and then there was a rope that tied it here so if I was walking this way I had it here the women had two of those for the front and for the back. Now what the Luos were saying is if I'm confronting my mother it is best that I look this way because the wind might blow that thing. Now that's a good one, isn't it? One more that I think you can share. These are social cultures. When somebody died among the Luos, and I think that happens here as well. Because mainly Luo and Luya cultures are really pretty much the same. They would light a fire. And the man there, I think, uh, has a lot of knowledge on this. My brother, Dr. Peter Masters, we call him. Our brother Fred. <laughs> He understands a lot of this. Nobody does them. He just understands them. He's a pastor. A good brother. So let's just make that clear. <laughs> they would light a fire. They would call it Magenga. Oh! Yeah, that's how we call it. <laughs> there you go. These days, among the laws, it means something totally different. But back in the day, they lighted that after the burial because they didn't have tools to dig very deep graves. There was no tools. And hyenas were walking around. And hyenas would actually dig out the body and eat it. So lighting the fire would keep the animals away. It would also warm the people as they do the night vigil or whatever it is. Today is different, isn't it? I mean, among the laws is something totally different. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say to you is that there are social expressions of culture which 
might have some positives to them kwamba kuna zile itikadi zingine za kijamii ambazo zinaweza kuwa na hali iliyo nzuri ndani mwako so you be careful with this kwa sababu ndio nasema uwe makini nani so you don't go knocking down every good thing usiangushe kila kitu chote ambacho ni kizuri Now I think this accusation has gone to missionaries in the past. That when they came they stripped the African of all his culture, positive and negative, and tried to superimpose a different culture. There's some element of truth to that. So the social culture. Then there is religious culture. Just the word of God taken out of his context twisted and mixed up with human ideas so that it's no longer God's word but it's still religious for example you know the other day i think it was last sunday or two sundays ago jumapili iliyopita ama zilizopita mbili we had a woman come to our church kulikuwa na mama alikuwa amekuja kanisani mwetu na ni mshirika wa kanisa letu and i publicly praised the for coming to church na nikasema asante kuja kanisani i said you've done well nikasema unafanya mzuri Because the reason why I was doing that is there are churches and denominations and if you know what I'm saying is true I would want just to do tap but ngoja kwanza okay ngoja kwanza kuna kanisa na dini which would do something like this if a woman gives birth she is not to come to church until 40 days and when the 40 days are over people have to leave go to her do some rituals of releasing the baby if i'm right clap once thank you <laughs> This is a misunderstanding of the Old Testament ritualistic traditions. Now brought to the New Testament church. It's a religious tradition, religious culture. It has a form of godliness but it's not really godly we have so many like that i was in a funeral at some point I, this, this is so large i just don't know i'm going to go through this and when i was in this I, i i thought this was strange you know there's, there's this text in the old testament Josh, this might interest you in the old testament where jacob i think is it's jacob and uh, Was it Esau this conflict between Jacob and Esau? I think if I'm wrong you tell me. There was a stone that is put somewhere. And the statement goes out. I shall not cross this side to that side. It's a boundary. Neither shall you cross from that side coming this side. I saw a priest take that text to the dead and they were reading it at the grave and they were saying to the <laughs> dead you will not come this side and we will not come this side. 
Although this is this is ridiculous. And then they took a dagger, a knife. After the grave had been uh, closed up, they put a blanket on it. And this priest, like a samurai warrior, came with a dagger and began to tear the grave. And the people are chanting, no, 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 no. They're easing the spirit. Religious culture. And you can speak about so many things that you know about. You know. The simple traditions. But they have a garb of religion. They have a form of godliness. Then you have that which we simply call ritualistic tradition. Tambiko Mila na Desturi. The Luo's here might have heard of Luo Kitikitimbegi. Eh? The Luo man with his culture and his things. <laughs> we struggle with my mother over this so many times. Because <laughs> my mother says she's a Christian. Oh, bless her. She says she's a Christian. But my mother cannot get away from these ritualistic things. And she says we are saved. We are Christians. But we have our things. We have our things. Mwachamila. There's even Swahili saying for it. But it's ritual. This happens most of the time when you go to funerals. Oh, you know, this firstborn must go into the house and have sex with his wife first no, no, after the father dies and then during a planting season you cannot go plant seed before you go sleep with your wife. I don't know where. This is nonsensical. This is rituals. Now, you, 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 can, you can speak about many others. But I'm going to tell you now that all these cultures we've talked about they have limitations. Number one, culture is not an absolute standard of truth. Whether that culture is positive or negative it is not an absolute standard of truth. Number two. Number two. Culture is inconsistent sometimes in its stipulations. Uh, cannot be relied on. Now, the example that comes to my mind is this. 
you lawyers here and Luos, because there's a lot of lawyers and Luos here. I can also see one or two people from Central Kenya here. So I think we can give this as an example. You know, Osambula, stand, please. Osambula, Joseph. That is mama. That's my dear brother. Ah. He's a former student of mine. Now, Osambula, tell me. Osambula, niambie. Is it possible for you today? Can you go and sleep on the bed of your mother? Oh, let's put it this way. Your mother used to live. Your mother and father lived in a house a good if you go to central Kenya, help me out, Penina. <laughs> Your mother and father are dead. They are no longer there. They have left a good house. Can you live in it? Yes. Do you see what I'm talking about? But among the Luos and the Luyas, that is a death sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but the Kikuyus are not dying. <laughs> they are not dying. That means that culture is inconsistent. It cannot apply everywhere. And to be bound by it is to be brought into bondage. How be it a different context in Galatians chapter 2 verse 18 Paul says If we build again those things that we once destroyed we are found to be transgressors of the law When we leave those things we must leave them Number four, I've already mentioned this in my introduction. Culture can limit service to God and service to humanity. And I would even add, they limit progress and development. There's a reason Africa is the way it is. I was being told somebody has written a book. I'm here to get it. When I was in Uganda, I think that is a co-elder of Conrad Mbewe. He's written a book. And he's investigating why there is a lot of poverty in Africa. And one of the things that guy is saying there, one of the big factors that keep us down is this ritualistic cultures. Because if my father built such a good house, they are no longer there. Why would I let that house go to waste? There's probably millions there. 
kuna mamilioni ya nyama and i've gone to squat on a single small room naenda kwenye kwa kanyumba kadogo haka there's a good house i could live in nzuri katika nyumbani ndaishi land is now the I mean it's not decreasing but people are increasing so the land space is not longer enough for us. <laughs> In your family you have only one acre. You are eight sons. All you can have is an eighth. <laughs> and you insist In Africa at least. Everybody must go ajenge boma yake. So one acre divide by eight, and then we ourselves you know the way we give birth <laughs> I have eight children myself <laughs> So this 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 plot this eighth of an acre How do I divide it among my children So poverty remains So I told people out our place my brother and I are the only sons left of my mother he is a pastor I'm a pastor we understand this thing so we said we are not living here those other lands are for development our houses will be here that's it The doctrine of the gospel liberates you from those oppressive cultures that keep you down. Fundisho la injili linakotoa katika ile udamaduni ambao unakuweka chini. Fifth then. Ya tano sasa. Culture is tainted with the fall. However positive it is. Udamaduni unaambatana na mwanguko. Hata iwe nzuri namna gani. We have no culture that is perfect. Whether it's the western culture, the african culture, the asian culture, whatever culture you're talking about they are imperfect because of the fall. Hakuna utamaduni wowote ambao ni mkamilifu. Yote iwe ni wapi ni wapi yote imepagwa ile uchafu wa mwanguko. So how should we regulate culture? So kaibu taelekezaje? This is the next conversation. I'm running out of time now. I think there are two things that we must uh, think about in terms of culture and the way we think around the issue. Chiefly, culture must be regulated with the thing that regulates the whole of the Christian life and that's the word of God. Let me be more specific with that one. It must be regulated with the written word of God. If there is a culture that is inconsistent with the word of god that culture is null and void as they say in legal jargon to the extent of its inconsistency What I'm trying to tell you is our view of the Bible must be very high. We cannot have a loose relationship with our Bibles. We must insist on the Bible. When the pastor tells us there's something to be done in church, it could be a religious culture. We must ask him. He must explain to us. 
from where in the Bible. And not just where in the Bible, but he must show us that the text he is referring us to he has properly exegeted that text. He has looked at it in its context, has drawn out the proper, legitimate meaning. And I insist on this. You know, you know the result of Israel. You know that. Right? You know that. You know that. The angel is told to not destroy the earth. Until we have put a mark on the foreheads of the children of God. To row Israel. That means that mark. <laughs> so when you come again. So though they are quoting the Bible. But it is not being quoted properly. It is not enough that somebody is reading the Bible. They must read it properly in its context. The regulative principle of our lives is the written word of God. For the simple reason that God is sovereign over culture. But there's a corollary principle that flows out of that. The principle of love and charity. First Corinthians chapter 8, chapter 9. Paul says the Christian can make some accommodations. You can, you can bear with some people's weaknesses. You can understand them in their weaknesses. Because of love. So when I come to your church, and I find that you have those things, I will not attack you. Because there's a principle of love. You understand what I'm saying? I will want to help you out of love and understanding. So though I disagree with your culture, still the Bible tells me to be understanding and wherever possible to accommodate the weaker brother. So how then should we respond to culture? Write these things down. Four of them very quickly. Number one, we must understand we are strangers and pilgrims on this earth. We are strangers, we are pilgrims. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 to 16. We cannot conform. Number two, we must evaluate every culture on the basis of God and scripture. God and scripture. Number three, we must have the courage to rebel. The courage to rebel. 
To say because that's not the word of God. That is not consistent with the word of God. I will not be brought under that culture. Mama, father, I love you. But I will not be brought under that culture. Dear wife, I love you. Dear husband, I love you. But I will not be brought under that culture. You must have the courage to rebel. But number four and the last. And this is important. We must engage the culture through the gospel. We must engage the culture through the gospel. Not only demonstration, not carrying placards only, but the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. Don't engage it with philosophy. Don't engage it with some modest uh, kind of another alternative way of being. You must engage it through the word of God. The gospel of the Lord. Josh and I were discussing yesterday this whole thing that is happening in the West. Culture wars and things like that. And what you see are Christian people engaging the culture with the weapons of the world. I said at some point a lion is very strong. A lion, a lion. Very ferocious. But if a lion makes the mistake of following a crocodile in the river, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It will die. <laughs> it will be killed. <laughs> we cannot fight the world with the weapons of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, however sophisticated the world becomes, however enlightened and developed it becomes, the message of the cross is the same power of God. Put me in America. I will preach what I'm preaching now. Put me in India. I will preach what I'm preaching now. Put me in Kaya Bungoma. I will preach what I'm preaching now. It doesn't change. Engage culture with the gospel. Never with any other thing, not with the invention. But with the gospel of Christ. Stand to your feet, let's pray and finish this. Our Lord is very good. Our Lord is very gracious. In our failings, He helps us. 
It could be that there are people amongst us who failed uh, from time to time. Given into culture, to rituals and traditions. God is calling you to repentance. God is calling you to repentance. And you see, you can you can whisper where you are to God. And say I failed, I'm sorry. There are some who've given up and uh, they've, they've, they've gone with the flow because simply they are not safe. There is no restraining power. You are more of an African than you are a Christian. You are more of a Luya than you are a Christian. You are more of a Luo than you are a Christian. Well, you need to be a Christian. And our brother said faith and repentance. Our brother said turn to the Lord. And it is written, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved shall be saved it is a promise if you call on him you will be saved father we thank you now and pray for each one here that you will help us be gracious to us for the sake of Jesus for his name's sake for the rejoicing of your people for the salvation of souls for the expansion of the kingdom for the onward march of the gospel Save us in your power. In wrath, remember mercy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you for that powerful message, Brother Ellie. I can't imagine there's a single one of us here who is a Christian that does not have this struggle between our identity in Christ and our identity within our culture. I can certainly attest to the fact that this is an American problem just as much as it is an African problem. And so thank you for that. I, I trust that the Lord will open many eyes to the truth through the word uh, when it regards to the sovereignty of God over culture. We have one more session before lunch. But you've been sitting for long, so I imagine you want to stretch your legs. Perhaps it's time to uh, take a brief break in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. 